Hey everyone, welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. Good company structure is like having healthy bones. Strong organizational muscle is built on the solid inner skeleton of the company structure. We know that discipline is freedom and structure is part of the discipline that promotes freedom. Those are two of my favorite lines from chapter four, Structure, from Kevin's book, Organizational Muscle. I'm Molly Nolan, your episode host. Welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. I've invited Kevin back on the podcast, he is a familiar voice, to continue highlighting some key points from his book, Organizational Muscle. Today we're hitting on structure, company structure and the weekly operations meeting, which he refers to it as set point for the week. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. Kevin Nolan, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a little while. How are we doing today? Good. Thanks, Molly. Thanks for having me. And uh, thanks for uh, helping to keep it alive. Um, things are going Absolutely. good. Yeah. Things are going good. Yeah. We're um, we're talking about a topic today and uh, you were the one that initiated the discussion. Yes. And I appreciate you doing that. So thanks Yeah, you much. bet. We, I mean, we spent several months last year, which now be crazy. I, I still yeah. have this weird realization that we're in 2024. Um, anyways, we, we, we had the chance to have some conversations about the different chapters in your book, not only when leading up to the book being released, but, you know, post, and it was exciting to see kind of that, that build up, and then to actually be able to, here I am holding the book in my hand, which is pretty cool. Yes, now, and it's obviously also available it's on uh, Audible as well. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So, and you've got, you've, you've had people reading it and you've gotten good feedback on it. Um, so that, that feels good. That feels That's validating exactly. to hear yes. the. Yeah, I just got to sell another um, 99,000 copies. You're, you're a man who puts big goals out there, Kev. yeah. <laughs> well, and, and now you're in the mode of speaking prep and getting a you know getting some events on the calendar you'll be at the pca this year in orlando right yes yes i'm looking forward to it that'll be um, really my first big opportunity um with my first new speech uh on organizational muscle it's called build organizational muscle and it's a 60-minute uh, keynote speech nice which i've been working on and practicing and getting training on with the coach and so I'm excited to uh, talk to all the painters there. Love it. Brethren. Love it. And then you'll be obviously at the Grand Summit. You'll bring that that speech again. Absolutely. And then yes. uh, that takes us through March. And then yep. and I'm other speaking uh, engagements, mostly local, but always looking for for more. Uh, this is going to be the year where I, I start to build that expertise and uh, hopefully uh, talk to some other associations and organizations as well. That's big. You're putting yourself out there. I love it. Sure All right. So we're talking today about uh, two two chapters in the book, structure and the operations meeting that really are like, they're the bones of, of what, what, what building a business is. Right. And so, yeah. and you, you were saying earlier when we were talking about this, that, you know, 
in in the ski in the, the scheme of all the chapters in the book, this one might not be as exciting. But when you actually see and you read the book, there, in my opinion, there's a lot of tangible routine takeaways from these two chapters, like things that people can say, okay, let's look at my week and how am I going to design structure in my week? And you've given a format for what works for you all. So I think it's, I think it's a good, some good chapters. I was just listening to the audible just before we got on here. And I was thinking the exact same thing. Um, All right. So we're pumped. We're pumped to talk about structure. Because, you know, like, I think sometimes I, I mean, you read articles and you read comments from people about how meetings are bad and, and death by meeting and, and being yeah. in meetings all day. And and I don't think the audience is suffering from that. I, maybe corporate America is, but not the folks listening to this. The folks listening to this need to figure out a way to communicate. And, you know, we talk about cascading communication, but, you know, particularly in our business, we're all over the town. I mean, we're, we're operating in five counties. How, how do you get everybody on the same page Right. And so it's meetings and structure. That's what it is. And there's just no other way around it. And yeah, it's the bones upon which the muscles are built and you can't ignore it. And there's actually ways to make it really productive. And that's the challenge and that's the fun. And yeah, believe it or not, it can be fun. I mean, I like getting through meetings sometimes, Yeah. but I, I really love a well-run meeting. I just do. When something's get done, everybody walks away pumped. That's human collaboration at its utmost as far as i'm concerned feels really productive too yes there's and a line in the in yeah. the beginning of the, the that chapter chapter four on structure that says structure is part of the discipline that promotes freedom absolutely that's a great yeah. line it is i mean just to give you a so what does that mean what does that mean yeah. that means that when everything is coming at you all at once and you are you're struggling to make a decision or to see what the next move is or to think about tomorrow because you're worried about what's happening now or you're putting out a fire, right? You're, 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 you're dealing with the chaos that is running a business and it, it happens every day. And then someone hands you a decision to make and it's a HR decision and your head's not there right now. I mean, that literally like, it's almost like you're going to drown. It's like, they just, yeah. they're pouring more on top of you. And Even if it's the smallest decision right. that needs to be made. It's like, I right. just can't, I can't make one more decision right now. I can't process this. I yeah. cannot process this and make a good decision. That's for sure. Uh, much, what's more is it's stressing me out and raising my blood pressure and making me uh, not feel in control of my destiny. No, let's, let's basically, you know, think about what the opposite of that, the opposite of that is there's a marketing meeting, there's an HR meeting, there's a, there's a finance meeting. And these are all these issues are happening. And they're being put in those little files. I, I used to carry around an a expandable accordion file. I remember. And I had different colors yep. for each of the topics. <laughs> so like marketing was red and like. Um, was sales you know, like, green? Sales was green. Was, yeah, ops, I, was operations yellow? Operations was yellow. Oh, 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 wow. I know. That's funny. Um, so, yeah. Well, so- I remember you carrying it around. And I also remember like during our first Ascent workshops, you would physically like pull out the folders from your accordion. And like, as you were talking about structure, like physically yeah. showing this is where marketing that was, was. That was me being accepting of being able to handle that and, and process the related things that are in that in that folder. They're all related. They're all HR related. So now I can talk about HR 
you know, I don't have five other things going on. I can talk about HR for 45 minutes or an hour or whatever it may be. That happens to be a big one. But, you know, a lot of these meetings that we talk about, we, we do in 30 minutes and or 20 minutes. And they're, they're literally works of art. I mean, you get in, you get out, everybody knows what's to do. And then you move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, so having a company structure and meeting format is freedom because like, it means you don't have to think about everything all the time. You can just think about things where you should. Right. Um, and frankly, you got us with you when you schedule your week, you schedule the meetings with air in between. So you can take deep breaths and you can go out and run out in the world and not be in a meeting. Cause I mean, if you have three meetings in a row and we do sometimes, mm-hmm. And you feel meeting out, no question about it. Three meetings in a row is the upper limit of what I can handle. Yep. Um, and so we try not to do, do that much, but once a week we have three meetings in a row. And uh, yeah, I feel that I too. Work. Monday mornings are, are Mondays are my meeting heavy days, and like I dislike Mondays as a result of it. Exactly. But when yeah. then when I get through it, I'm like, yes. all right, like. We, we got a lot done in those three or four meetings, but when you're in it, it's, it's exhausting, but you have to do it. You have to uh, yeah. do it. There's no other way to communicate effectively um, across the company, across to have talked in our case, sometimes it's, it's the leaders are there. And so the meeting is with the leaders. And then we ask them to cascade the information down into, in context. I always say in context, meaning tell them what they need to know mm-hmm. about what we just talked about. Um, if it relates to them. Um, but uh, decisions are made uh, in that meeting for that topic. And then generally not required to make another decision about that topic for another week. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. At the end of the day, any good entrepreneur um, can handle seven hours of meetings a week. That's about what I've handled at my most. Don't love it, but I can handle seven hours a week. I'm an endurance athlete. I can handle it. Mm-hmm. So... Um, and that's roughly what we would have in a typical week is seven hours. But guess what? There's how many hours are there in a week? I mean, we know there's at least another 33 in a 40 hour week. Right. And there's freedom during that time. And they're un- it's unencumbered with um, all the other thoughts that intermingle and make you lose focus and clarity about what you need to be doing. And the uh, meetings are where the decisions happen. And then people can go off right. and 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 proceed upon, you know, decisions that were made. And I love that you say no, no decisions are made in the hallway. Decisions are made in the meeting time. Yep. Yeah. We mean that literally and figuratively. Like yeah. you, you make them when you should make them. Hey, there's always exceptions to the rule. Um, something happens. It's immediate. You make an exception to the rule. You stop. You make sure that exception does not become the rule. Mm-hmm. So you, you made an exception. You made a meeting and you made a decision in the hallway. Okay. We understand this is not the way we make decisions here. We're not doing this all the time. Right. But for the moment, we have to make a decision. Next week, we're back to our regular scheduled programming. I mean, that's and what I, it is. And I want to get into your regular scheduled program, programming. But before we do, I just want you to kind of bring us into your world of how you all approach meetings. Obviously, you've got a meeting format for every meeting that you do have. That, that PAL, that purpose, agenda, and, and length. I assume yes. that you require an agenda Yes. for every meeting that you're showing up to? Well, it, uh, it sounds harder than it is. It's not that hard. It might be hard to get going, but once you get it going, you just use last week's agenda and you, 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 know, you repopulate it with today's mm-hmm. information. Um, and uh, I don't form the agendas. I, 
uh, at some of the meetings that I run, I just change a previously existing agenda. I change the agenda around to make it relevant for today. So yes, it's a written agenda. Today, the, the topics that are necessary to be talked about are updated and it has a written agenda and every meeting has an agenda and, and we send them out ahead of time. It's just good business practice. Does it happen every single time? No, but most of them now, particularly these regular meetings are all, yeah, pre-agended. Everything is uh, set up ahead of time. I want to hit on something you just said about uh, when you run the meetings. Obviously, yeah. a meeting a meeting that's, that's happening should be run by somebody. So often I, I've seen we get into a meeting environment, three to four people. Okay, well, who's actually running this this thing? Like yeah. who who is moving us along the agenda? Who is who is the decision maker on things? I would imagine you're not running every meeting. Absolutely have, not. Correct? Yeah, no, no question about it. Um, you know, so so sometimes as a CEO, there's the tendency to take over, and it's very important to resist that temptation, or when you do it, sometimes to back off and apologize, um, or back off and apologize later personally, but back off because it's not your job to run the meeting. It's the marketing person's job to run the meeting. It's the HR person's job to run the meeting. Um, and uh, finance, CFO, sales, vice president of sales, they're running the meeting. Um, now, we've, we've all agreed, and there's no doubt about how we want the meetings to be run. So that's because we talk about how the meetings are run and mm -hmm. uh, how long they'll last. That's the length part, purpose, agenda, and length. So, so meetings have to run on time. They need to be over you know, within a set period of time. Sometimes we do back-to-back -back meetings and that becomes the deadline, which is fine. Just run against the deadline. Make sure you don't come up short. You know, don't let somebody talk too long. Teach people how to say, hey, I sorry to cut you off, but we have to stay. We're on a tight time budget here. You know, you can do that in a nice way, uh, but you must do it. <laughs> it's hard to be, so, it's hard, and it's hard to be timekeeper. It's hard to, it's yeah. not easy to facilitate a meeting. No, but it can, once you get it down and everybody agrees to the rules, then it, you know, then it becomes less of a, a thing. I mean, everybody has to agree to those basic rules. Um, and incidentally, we also have um, you know rules about safety. Like we don't we don't say nasty things in meetings. We don't argue in meetings. Um, we can disagree, but if the disagreement goes even the slightest bit too intense, we would back it down, and then we would have side discussions on it so that we're not doing things in front of audiences. We don't want that audiences to that doesn't summer. feel safe. Yeah. So um, yeah. So we have to be safe. Don't you know? Um, keep the, the any comment that's that's the slightest bit mean or mean spirited out of the meeting. Um, not allowed. And the same thing with tonality and the way people. Um, and I mean, once again, I mean, it's, I'm not saying these things don't happen. I'm just saying well, this is not our this is not our norm. This is not what we accept. Um, also, we accept. We expect um, full attendance at meetings, whether they're Zoom meetings or not. So we had a company meeting yesterday, full company meeting. And I don't know, I think I might have seen 127 people on the call. So there were people missing because we have more than that. Um, so I, I won't personally check to see why they were missing, but it, attendance was taken. And the people that were missing will be asked to explain their miss. Um, and it, uh, it may be, it may be required for them to watch it. Cause we do tape it. Mm -hmm. Typically if there's a safety issue, I think HR is requiring them to watch it. 
Um, but uh, the point really being is the accountability factor. You don't miss meetings here. You're on the clock. This is your job. You don't miss meetings. That's how, that's how you learn what's going on in the company. That's, that's, that's yeah. the communication channel. Yeah. And by the way, if something's up, I get it. I, if you, if you have a good excuse, I get it. You know, yeah. It could even be, Hey, I, I was struggling. I was running late. I had to pick up my child at daycare. I get it. That's, those are realities. Um, I certainly don't want anybody making a decision to blow off a meeting. I don't want people forgetting about a meeting and I don't want people missing meetings repeatedly. So if you can't make meetings repeatedly, uh, you have to make other accommodations or you can't continue to be in the company. You just can't. It's not the way we roll here. So it's a high expectation, um, all done in a friendly way. We're not trying to be you know, difficult about it, but the meetings are meetings. So you have to make them. Um, and that's uh, Zoom is a big issue too. I was just going to say, how how has Zoom and, and that being a function of, of, being, of, of facilitating a lot of these meetings now, how has that changed the game? Well, I mean, it certainly made it a lot easier. And then, of course, it, it does miss elements, uh, huge amounts of elements that of personal interaction that um, that has been not so easy to replace. I mean, we've tried to replace it with some other things we of engagement that we do between our community service and our um, the events that we have for our employees, Nolan Adventures and and um, other things that we do as a company to try to interact. So we that's we tried to make up for that interaction by doing more of that. But but the actual mechanics of running the meeting are so much easier than they used to be. I mean, we we used to have our our meeting downstairs, our 6 a.m. meeting with about 25 people because that's all the room is comfortable with in that type of format. And then we'd have to get food brought in every Wednesday morning and then everybody would drive from as far away as an hour. Um, I was about 25 minutes away. Um, and now, um, and now I, I just rolled downstairs to my office at home and um, the same call, the same meeting has about 57 people on it. So we've expanded it to include uh, more staff and uh, more job leaders. So we've been able to get be more inclusive of more people. Um, and then we have Zoom rules, uh, which, we re, which we enforce and they need enforcement. They, like someone has to call people that don't follow the rules and say, what's the story? So the Zoom rules are camera on, um, on mute and uh, not driving. So, but camera on, camera on, we need the camera on. And we say that every single meeting and we look. see your lovely face. We look and there's like 10 people who are not on camera. And so everybody knows now, the field managers know that it's their job to get texting and get those people on their camera. It's not my job. Right. It's not even HR's job anymore. So I like so, that. It holds another level of accountability. Yeah. Get your people on the camera. What's the story? You're the one you're the, they're accountable to you and they're not on the camera. So right. we want to um, hold them accountable for that. So, um, and once again, we try to do all of this with, uh, with a, you know, a pleasant attitude and a pleasant, demeanor for uh, conducting meetings. And that's really important. Um, but rules are important and everybody's happy for them, you know, so. At the end of the day, rules are there for a reason and it makes yeah, it makes life yeah. easier. All right, let's talk about the the weekly structure of, of your meetings. The week begins yes. Monday morning, where are you rolling into? 
so really now that's you know, these meetings evolve a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not talking about right now and not necessarily what it was. Um, now it would be a Monday morning meeting with um, the John, uh, Steve, and myself, a finance meeting uh, to talk about money, what happened last week, and what we need this week. Um, you know, we're we're you know we're doing about two hundred fifty thousand dollars a week in business, and that leads to trail of bills, and you have to make sure you've got the cash flow for them and things like that. Um, that's the first look at the receivables. Um, between the three of us. Mm-hmm. Um, later that day, uh, sales uh, has a meeting at 3.30. And that's a Zoom meeting. Used to be in person, uh, but now it's Zoom. And uh, they review every single um, estimate that's lined up for the week. Uh, they look at the names and the customers and the locations and the size of the jobs. We want them to look at that stuff ahead of time. We like them to show up educated about the job. Um, past customers can be discussed. Um, you know, I'll say, hey, we painted that customer 35 years ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then um, then, then they look at, the sales looks at their receivables list. So we review all the receivables again um, of all the jobs that we have. And we're, we're expecting to be paid within 24 hours of a paint job. So anything over 24 hours, we need to have a plan, a plan of action. And the salesperson is really responsible to get involved after about 36 hours. Um, after about two to three days, meaning the job is finished and the mail has been collected and it's not in the mail. Mail. So then we'll ask the salesperson to follow up on all those customers to say, hey, how's everything going? Was the job suitable? Was it good? Um, any way you could um, you know, give me a credit card number or send me a check. Um, I like that because it, 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 it aligns the field, like the field supervisor and, and yeah. the crew leaders on the same team as the sales, that the field doesn't feel like they're solely responsible for everybody's trying to collect. Responsible. Everybody's responsible for getting yeah. the check. Yep. Yeah. And in fact, you know, both of them are responsible. And I, at some point after the field managers tried all they can do, which we'll, I'll talk about that again in the operations meeting, because that's when they talk about it. But it becomes a sales problem because, like, why did you sell this customer? If it's an operational issue, we need to discuss operationally what we need to do to fix whatever problem or whatever holdup is. Mm-hmm. But once it's out of that, once the job is complete and it's been acknowledged that it's complete, um, if they're not, customer's not paying, I consider that a sales issue. You chose a customer that chose to pay us slowly. Um, and incidentally, if a customer holds us up, and doesn't pay us for a couple of weeks, we're, we're putting a star in front of them. We're not working for them again. So we're just not working for slow pay customers. I know that sounds crazy and it sounds maybe like uh, stuck up even, but I'm telling you, it's a safety measure. Well, clearly it shows also how much you all, you talk about receivables, how many people are involved. If you're talking about the same customer week after week, they're sucking yes. energy and they're sucking more Absolutely. money because as a team, you're you're talking about them. Oh, bingo. You got it. That's exactly what it is. So no, we don't want to work with them again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I get it. They're energy get suckers. It. They're energy suckers. They make yeah. us work hard for our money after we worked hard for our money. And life and business is, is hard enough. Let's not I mean, add that. I tell people this. I was just telling a, a friend who, um, he runs... 82 Cracker Barrel restaurants. 
Because he was talking about customers. And I said, well, I get to choose my customers and I get to unchoose customers. There. And he, he was fascinated that I would be able to do that and do that. But I have to tell you, we have over, I've, I've said this before in other calls, we have over, over 2,000 starred customers, people that we won't work for again, that all want us to work for them again. They all want us to come back, but we don't want to go back. And just by eliminating those, we are, we are basically making life so much more pleasant for everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's just really important. And we do the same thing when we choose customers, if, they be, you know, if they're misbehaving, um, when we are interviewing them, we don't work for them. So I know I've covered that in other chapters, but um, I can't tell you reason. how important it is. I can't tell you how important it is when you get into a contract with somebody that they understand their part of it and you understand your part of it. And then if they're not willing to hold up their part of it, then um, then you just choose to work yeah, with somebody the, else. The promise of expectations has been broken and why, yes. en- why enter another promise with them again? Yeah. So yes, I'm telling you business 101 is stay on top of your receivables. That's just business 101. Stay on top of them like nobody's business. So anyway, Monday's done. Um, Tuesday's kind of rough. We have a a bunch of meetings in the afternoon. Uh, Right now we're doing recruiting. It's middle of winter here. Uh, So we're doing recruiting every other week. Um, We did just, we were using recruiting to recruit um, sales. We just hired two salespeople and um a field manager we're about to give another offer to another field manager so we're in for a growth here we think we hope uh and we've been doing focusing recruiting on that but very shortly as we get into the month of february we will turn that attention towards recruiting um our our field and we'll be trying to hire uh 30 to 40 um field painters and carpenters how many how many sales reps and how many field managers does that put you at right now here in January? So it'll be right now. Well, with the two new salespeople are just coming on as we speak, so they don't even have a quota yet. But they'll make eight eight wow. salespeople, and then um, field managers will is is going from four to six. Okay. Yeah. This so, is why you have to have meetings. There's a lot of people in these different departments. Oh my goodness! Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And even just get on the same page about why we're doing everything the way we're doing it and and how we're doing it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, uh, recruiting is every other week and it'll go to every week once we get to the spring months, Um, followed by HR. HR is tough meeting. Usually lots to talk about everything from insurance to people missing work, uh, workers' comp issues, you name it. but it's super important. Um, can't tell you how important it is. I, I largely ignored it for 20 years. I paid little attention to it for the next 10 years. And for the last 10 years, I put the most focus on recruiting. I mean, on HR. And um, I just think it's an absolute must. Um, and so we give out a full hour. Um, and then we, we really only have about a 15 to 20 minute meeting for pre-ops. So pre-ops is preparation for the ops meeting the next day, but we literally pull up the operations meeting agenda and we update it together uh, with the, ma- the management team updates it together. What are we going to talk about? And um, you know, what are the, what are the topics at hand? Uh, what information are we trying to convey? You have to just plan for that. If you don't plan, um, you end up saying things you don't plan on saying, and that's not, 
not allowed. Well, so. and, and the operations meeting, and you know, the next day, Wednesday, 6 a.m., as you put it, that's your weekly center point. That yeah. is the rules of the game meeting for yes. Michael Gerber. Yes. It's a big meeting. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I always uh, talk about the fact that, so 6 a.m., East Coast, 50-plus um, people basically sharpening their, their pencils, sharpening their saw, and being, you know, trying to be the best they could be at 6 a.m. on the no place else probably in the country is this happening. Um, it clearly separates us from our competition. And it's, I, you know, I, I don't mean that in an arrogant way. I mean it in a sense of, you know, we're going to hold ourselves to a high standard and we are proud of that. And uh, so we run a really tight meeting. Um really organized, efficient. I, I actually dedicate a whole chapter of the book to the Wednesday ops meeting. Um, and I, I just can't tell you how important it is to be able to communicate effectively at that meeting. Um, now it's on Zoom. Uh, we do breakouts in it. We break into teams for 15 minutes and they discuss topics that are relevant to them. Um, everybody has an agenda. And um Super, super effective meeting. And uh, actually, the original reporting format came from, I remember uh, Brian gave me advice when we were fishing together one day about 20 years ago about a, a reporting format for an operations meeting. Mm -hmm. And uh, and from there, it's it's turned into, you know, just a bigger format, but uh, one that's um, very informative. People leave there pumped up. I leave there really pumped up for the day. Um, and I think it lasts, I think it really lasts the whole week. If we, for some reason, I don't know, because of a holiday or something like that, miss a Wednesday operations meeting, like when, like when Christmas is on a Wednesday, which is going to be mm -hmm. um, at some point in the future, um, you miss two of those Wednesday meetings and you're like, you're like, what's going on what's with happening this? here what's yeah. happening in this in this company right now yeah exactly it looks like it looks and feels like chaos yeah so um and then um right after that meeting we uh we keep one of the field managers on and um we review everybody in his team and we start with a picture of the employee and then we look at their learning path to see how much training they've received what they've done on their own. They have to read and go through all of the modules and they have to take a survey, a test at the end uh, to validate that they went through the modules and we can track that. When was their last pay raise? Uh, we've got to keep people, uh, particularly our system is very rigorous. Uh, we, we give apprentices four raises in a year. In their first year, they're getting four raises. So we have to be like timely with making sure that they're sticking to all the mile, milestones along the way that they have mm -hmm. to hit. And then by their second year of paying, they're getting two raises. Um, and then everybody else needs raises, particularly over the last couple of years uh, with the increase of inflation and our ability to raise prices. We've been uh, proactive on giving raises. And as a result, we haven't been losing people. So, um, but that's rigorous, has to be done every week. Uh, we do a different a different um a different team every week right now i told you we had four teams going to six so we'll be uh it'll be every six weeks that that we get back to you so that'll slow that down a little bit but sometimes once a month seems a little bit uh for each team seems a little bit 
you know, just like it was yesterday. So, yeah. um, but then um, we then we have an hour break. So now it's that was six, seven o'clock, an hour break, and then at nine o'clock um, is a in person safety safety meeting um, at the office, um, and that is with the CFO. The um, used to be me, but I'm out of it officially now. Um, but the CFO, the uh, president, John, and the safety manager, they meet uh, every week. Once a month, that turns into a full safety meeting with all the field managers. Um, once again, we have communications, Google reminders, Google, Google invites, so that people are aware of the, of the routines here. It's a routine. It's a routine. Yep. Right. And then uh, at that's nine o'clock at 10 o'clock in person marketing meeting. Marketing meeting is uh, followed by Nolan in the neighborhood meeting, which is our community outreach. They're kind of connected marketing and um, and then we're done. Um, then you meet yeah. Brian for a run at 12 o'clock. Brian at noon for a run at 12 o'clock. And then um, then on Thursdays. Um, the training committee will meet. Um, they don't meet every single Thursday, um, but they meet a lot of Thursdays. Um, our company meetings are always the third Thursday of the month, four o'clock on Zoom. Um, and we, once again, everybody on board. And then on Fridays, no meetings. So it's, you know, that Wednesday morning thing is pretty tough. That Tuesday afternoon chunk is pretty tough. Yep. Nothing else is tough. Everything else is totally manageable and basically running the business in in that in that time span without feeling overwhelmed um that structure you know and i think people need it want it um appreciate it and um well especially if they know that's how problems are going to be reviewed decisions are going to be made like those are the environments and sometimes we're all we're we're all limited on time and so when you know that i'm going to you know, you're going to get these three people in a room every week for an hour. Gosh, that's time I need with them to get yeah. my questions answered and decisions made. It's, on it's time management is what it is. Yeah. And it becomes even more and more important when the time you're managing isn't just yours. You know, it's the whole company's. So, and a lot of entrepreneurs don't see it that way. And they, they see it as their time only. And they see it as it's a pain in the ass. I have other things to do. Let's skip it this week. And... That's weakness. I'm saying, I'm just telling you, that's weakness. It's, discipline is is basically having the meeting um, and planning for it, and everything else is outside of that. So, um, yeah, so it's it's part of the structure. And then, you know, I mentioned in, in the in the book uh, other types of structure, and there's there's plenty. Um, I think that you can get help with these things. You don't have to do particularly the entrepreneur himself, the leader, the owner of the company, doesn't have to be the one to put together the organizational structures or the job descriptions. I mean, I find some of that stuff unbearable, um, mm -hmm. but I completely understand why they have to happen. You know, you have to have a job description or people are confused about what's going on. And then I hate to say it, but then some point along the way, you got to update the job description. And so we're talking about that at a meeting. Um, or the company manual, and you have to update the company manual because of new regulations or new policies and or policies you want to change. Um, I know 
last year we were doing the company manual and I thought, oh my God, I hope this is the last company manual that I ever have to update. Um, but super important and I would don't want curious. to think yeah, I would be curious how many companies are actually looking at their company manual every year or every couple yeah. years and, yeah. and, and making changes. Probably not a lot. Yeah, well, we sent ours to an H to an HR consulting firm that we use. Oh, smart. And they came back with a ton of suggestions. We didn't implement them all because we didn't want to, but they came back with a ton of suggestions, and that's what we were looking for. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, at this stage of the game, I, I don't want to be vulnerable around things like our manual and all, I want to get that stuff organized so that we are not going to have problems with our, with our policies and procedures, right? It's just, I've been doing this for too long to then find out that a policy or procedure is not technically legal or the way you pay somebody is not technically legal. There's lots of that stuff. Um, so hire somebody to help you and, I mean, Noel Consulting does that very thing. Uh, you we guys, do. I mean, yeah. our Summit Library alone is holds a lot of these pieces of structure, holds yes. job descriptions, holds org charts, holds a company and safety manual. I mean, these are things because we, we recognize it can feel hard. It can be hard to get something like this in place. So don't reinvent the wheel. Absolutely. Our clients that are listening, you please utilize that library because it's got those yeah. resources to take Great. advantage of. Just change the name and change a couple of the details. Start with that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Have, then, have, you know, have something. It's better than nothing. It's structure. And literally, you can't grow a company without this. And if you're the entrepreneur and you hate this stuff, so that's no excuse. That is no excuse. You have to hire people to help you do it. And that's what entrepreneurs do. They find ways to get it done. You know, sometimes it's not how, but, but who, right? right. So. And that's what you have to do. And so, um, yeah, the training programs that we build, the learning paths, the leadership competencies, they really are freedom. Um, they really, if you get these things organized and done, then all of a sudden you can practice this decentralized command that I talk about. Mm -hmm. You know, in the Army, they, they train somebody very, very thoroughly in a short period of time, and then they give them a weapon and send them around the world and say, you know, uphold American values. And they're 21 years old and been trained for maybe six or nine months. And so they do that because they have confidence in their training and they're they're 100% sure that this individual knows how to use a weapon, knows how to behave, um, you know, knows how to, to handle themselves. Uh, well, when, when you do that stuff, you can be confident in your people that right. they, they know how to they know how to represent the company out in the marketplace. Um, and you can practice decentralized command, which is I don't have to tell you what to do. You know what to do. Right. And there's um, and there's strength in that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, and this this whole year, I'm not sure if you had a chance to listen to to Brian's podcast that he and I did that kind of kicked off the year. But his his whole theme that he's leaning into this year is kind of like build your citadel, like build and strengthen the weaknesses in your company. And for a lot, lack of structure is, is a core weakness. And so like, what are the areas that you need to? Well, and I would maintain to the point that we just were talking about that it's leadership weakness. It's the weakness of the leadership because they're the ones that need to do it. They're the ones that need to say it must be, it must happen. We must have a meeting about the rules of the game. That is marketing. They need to deem it important. 
Yeah. And put it as a priority. Yeah. And once again, these are not things that necessarily they want to do or I want to do. But once again, I do lots of things I don't want to do. That's not mm-hmm. the that's not the criteria by which we do things, whether I want them to do them or not want to do them. Isn't that like a Steve uh, Clatch, Steve McClatchy? There's the the needs to or the needs to do's, the wants to do's. Yeah, he, he speaks to yeah. that quite. You a have bit. to do this. You just have to do it. Right. And um, you can hire folks to help you, and you should. And they're out there, people that. And by the way, then you can't undermine them. When they schedule a meeting uh, for every Monday at three o'clock, you can't blow it off occasionally. 100% attendance is required or a good excuse must be provided. That's the way it rolls. That's a really good so, point. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens is then, you know, the, the, the leader then undermines it by not giving his full attention and yeah. compliance to the, to the meeting or to the structure or to the plan. And um, yeah, once you start to understand that that's your role, yeah, it gets a lot easier. I don't have to think about, you know, whether can I miss that meeting or not miss a meeting? No, you don't miss the meeting. I mean, I I, I think I tell the story in my book um, where I used to show up a couple. Sometimes I used to show up late for my own meetings, and then <laughs> one time, one time Tom said it was actually the seven. It was the operations meeting. We used to have it at seven o'clock. I had four babies at home. Okay, mm-hmm. so I might have had a good excuse, but maybe not. Anyway, he said, he said, Kev, you you can't be late for these meetings because like everybody's waiting for you and it just doesn't look good. And I thought he's absolutely right. And despite the fact that I had four babies at home, I was never late for meetings again. So Lesson learned. yeah, I mean, I, I get it. You just make the priority and uh, sometimes it's hard, but um, it is freedom. No doubt about it. Cause the business starts to run like, like the, uh, like the athlete that you think it is. It starts mm-hmm. to run like a top. It starts to run like your dream. It will be. Um, but you have to provide that, that structure. Uh, no one wants to walk, work for a boss that operates by the seat of his pants. I mean, I mean, Elon Musk is the one running around saying don't have meetings. And I don't know why it would be very good to work for him these days. No, it sounds stressful. So especially, especially not at, at X. You yeah. wouldn't want to work there. You wouldn't expect that he was doing anything to provide structure for you. Well, I would encourage our listeners who have not yet picked up a copy of this book, and this resonates with you, this particular topic, to do so because not only in these two chapters, but there's quite a bit of diagrams and agendas that you that you give to the readers that can be that can be recreated for somebody who's reading the book and for their own organization. Like to be able to see, not only are you speaking about it, but you're showing your tools and and your structure of how you're actually making these things happen. Yeah, so take it, up- tweak it, make it your own. That's yeah. what I would say. Yeah. yeah. Steal a good idea and make it your own. So. Make it your own. Because every every company has their own company way. Yes. The Nolan Painting way, the Nolan Consulting yeah. Group way. It's important that's, yeah. that and that's part of your culture, which that's a topic that we will hit in the upcoming future. We've got to hit culture. We've got to hit your exit. That's a big okay. one. Yes, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Well, Kev, thank you so much. Appreciate your time as always. A good conversation, a lot of takeaways. Good luck at the PCA. I hope it. Well, I'll I'll see you there. Um, But good luck with your with your with your prep. I know you're putting a lot of time and energy into it, and it will pay off. The light, the light is at the end of the tunnel. It is. It is. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode. 
Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.